It's Zoe Time. Welcome to the Zoe Time Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belt, and I assume all of you that listen have um, been watching the Lakers play recently and have kept in touch with Twitter as well, with not just myself, but with every other account on the app that's either a Laker fan, LeBron fan, Young Core Stan. NBA fan, hate LeBron fan. I I'm going to assume you guys have seen the shambles that the Twitter app is in with regards to the Lakers being a dumpster fire right now. Um and they said when LeBron came back all of these problems would be fixed. This is actually coming from LeBron fans and um well it's not. Um a lot of things have been highlighted in recently in recent weeks with who the blame actually belonged to, and no, it never did belong to the young core of Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo, and even Hart when healthy. The blame lays on the rest of the team, minus LeBron, so basically it's LeBron and the young kids were the positive, and everyone else was a negative, yet, for whatever reason, LeBron fans didn't want to see this they just wanted to blame everybody and not lebron when in reality there's four or five good people good players on this team and the rest is below average and it's crazy that they needed this stretch to see it when it's been obvious the entire year our best players have been lonzo ingram kuzma hart and lebron the entire year yet they weren't given the pass of well, other people are hurt that they want to give LeBron. Like, it's it's just strange. It's ironic. A lot of finger-pointing that needs to be pointed them at them as well. And it's just crazy. Um, as a Laker fan, I do not know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. Like, on one side, I want us to make the playoffs. On the other side, I do enjoy the self-sabotage. I do enjoy watching Laker Nation be a dumpster fire with, like, emotions on twitter like it's it's funny man like we all do care about the lakers tremendously and this entire year has drained almost basketball joy from me last year we were a young team with no expectations and it was fun um the wins were a lot funner than they were this year the losses weren't as bad last year um Last year, we knew what we were missing. We were missing a closer. We were missing someone that was going to be able to take over games in the fourth quarter. We were missing a piece, a piece that we thought we signed this season. And so far, no. Like, And maybe that's because he's still hurt. I do not know. But when we thought we were getting LeBron, we thought we were getting LeBron, not the person he is right now, or the player he is right now. And he can still turn around the season, we can still make the playoffs, but it's a little bit eye-opening, and I hope it's just that he's a little banged up, and this is not signs to come for next year or the following year, because he's still on payroll, and he's on payroll a lot. So, like, it's messy out there. We don't 
there are so many ways to spin this season. There is so much blame to go around. Um, a lot of my takes have been proven incorrect at the start of the year, and I don't care about being wrong. I had, I'll admit when I was wrong, and this is to all the non-Laker fans and the Thunder fans that do actually listen to this podcast. I am, I apologize for all the things I said about Paul George and his decision to stay in Oklahoma City because, hey, right now he's right. Why would you have wanted to come here? It is a disaster. Like, we are in shambles. You have a great thing going in Oklahoma City. You are a, you are my runner-up for MVP right behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, yeah, PG, sorry about all the shit that was said. Uh, it's still shitty that you decided not to come to Los Angeles, but honestly, with how things have gone recently, I don't blame you. And, yeah, you guys are going to have the better record this year. You guys are going to go farther in the playoffs than we are. You guys are going to be the more relevant team. When I thought we were signing LeBron James, I thought we were getting the MVP. And so far, he is not the MVP. You are playing more like a MVP this season, so you get all the praise, you get all the credit, you get all the glory. So again, apologies for that. And Laker fans, me admitting all this, we have hit rock bottom. This was not how this season was supposed to go. So far in February, we are 2-6. and six. And... Um, that's with LeBron playing all of them. We are not a good basketball team right now. And no, it's not LeBron's fault all the way. No, it's not the young kid's fault all the way. Like, those people, these players should be, like, yes, maybe some games they don't perform to their high expectations like LeBron did against the Grizzlies. He did not play like the LeBron James. We thought even though he got a Russell Westbrook triple-double, it was inefficient lackadaisical on defense, and what we clowned Russell Westbrook for, that's what LeBron did against the Grizzlies. So, like, these players have had shortcomings. But Kuzma, Ingram, LeBron, and Hart are not the reason why we're losing these games. Our bench has been one of the worst basketball benches in the league since Lonzo's injury. It has been terrible. And, like, I'll talk more about Lonzo later in this show because, yes, I'm like, I'm just glad people are seeing the importance of Lonzo Ball. Although it's coming at the expense of my favorite basketball team losing games, people actually get to see, hey, there's more to basketball than a box score. And that's what we've been trying to explain to the rest of the fans in the NBA that do not watch the Lakers every night. His impact goes beyond stats, and I'm glad people are starting to kind of see that. Um, and again, we're 2-6 and six in the month of February. We should not be 2-6 and six in the month of February. Um, we've had a somewhat easy schedule. We've already played the Hawks, Pelicans, and Grizzlies. So right away, if you look and plan for the season, and you're in playoff mode, you would say, hey, the Hawks, Pelicans, and Grizzlies, three tanking teams, three teams trying to lose. They should probably, like, kind of suck, right? Like, those should be easy wins. Wrong. We lost all three of them. Which is very bad. This is very, very, very fucking bad. Um, again, LeBron fans made fun of the Lakers without LeBron when they lost to the Cavs and Knicks. They said, hey, you guys lost to lottery teams without LeBron. You guys are trash. The young core is trash. Well, L-O-fucking-L. We lost to the Hawks, 
Pelicans without AD and the Grizzlies with no Jaron Jackson, who was the reason why they beat us the first time when LeBron played that game. So we've lost to lottery teams, to top, to worst 10 team records in the league with LeBron. So no, it's not, hey, the young core sucks. It's, there are many, many factors at play as to why we're losing these games. And I'm going to repeat, LeBron, Lonzo, Ingram and Kuz are not why we are losing games. Like, I really just can't believe my Los Angeles Lakers are in this position. We are 29-31. and 31. Through 60 games, I thought there was no chance in hell we'd be under 500. I predicted 55 wins if healthy. And when the team was healthy, we were, what, 20-14? and 14 And kind of looking at um, some positives because we did hit a stretch where we were, I believe, on that pace with Tyson Chandler when he first joined. And now it's... It's a disaster. Um, every move we made this year after LeBron has been a clusterfuck. Um, we can highlight those moves right now. We did not re-sign Julius Randle. We, re we signed Rajon Rondo. We signed KCP. We signed Lance Stevenson. We signed Michael Beasley. We traded away Zubak. Uh, we got Mike Muscala, who for whatever reason, decided to take a walk-up three and transition and bricked the hell out of it. Um, I guess the only move that kind of made sense was uh, Reggie Bullock. Sorry about that, Reggie Bullock, who has played well. Like, he's been... Outside of the four that I've listed, or five that I've listed the entire time, he's been one of the other role players that has played well. Everyone else has just been shitty. Um, through 60 games, we are 11th in the West. I did not see that happening. I thought we were going to be a top four seed in the West. Nope. We are number 11 right now. And we are behind. We're not even in the playoffs, right? And we're still behind out of the non-playoff teams in the West. We're behind the Kings and the Wolves. Shitty part about being behind against the Wolves right now is we don't own that tiebreaker. Um, it's... We don't have the tiebreaker against the Wolves, and we don't have it against the Spurs. Who, The Spurs have been playing as terribly as we have, but they still have three or four games on us. And with our schedule coming up, holy shit. I, I just don't see it. I, I really do not see us making the playoffs. And that pains me because I wish we were in playoff contention. And I was so looking forward to finally ending the drought that we had in Lakers Nation. I, We were all ready, honestly, all of us Laker fans were ready to get behind LeBron, kind of use him as this GOAT-type figure to lead us, and we've been led astray. We've been run amok. This is not going the way that we planned. Um, and again, let's talk about the four teams, three or four teams that might miss the playoffs that we need to just suck for the rest of the way to kind of make our way in there like we had these games against the pelicans and the grizzlies right we needed to win both what happened two lackluster performances happened we went oh and two the clippers i think went they split their games spurs kept losing the Kings split and the wolves are now ahead of us and they've kind of i think turned things around as of late also carl anthony towns is back so let's just look at the things going on kings are playing well they just beat the thunder I think they won the season series 3-1 versus the Thunder, so I don't think the Kings are a team that's going to 
collapse. I do think the Sacramento Kings are going to make the playoffs. Like I said, the Wolves are doing okay. Like, they're on the up and up. We're also on the way down. Um, Clippers are still doing well. They got rid of Tobias Harris at the deadline, but they're still winning games because of Montrez Harrell, Lou Will, and uh, our homeboy Zubak is starting for the Los Angeles Clippers. And luckily, the Spurs have shit the bed the past 10 games, so we have a chance to even be alive for the 7th and 8th seed. Like, if they were... If they didn't fall off the cliff the last 10 games, the only spot available would be the 8th seed. And, like I said, I don't know. Like, I don't see it. Like, I, I wish I did. I wish I was an optimist. Normally, I think on the lighter things, but this season of LeBron, like, it's drained the hell out of a lot of us fans because... Not only is are we losing games, but the drama that comes with it, the outside noise, the increased media presence, the increased quotes, the kind of, like, I'm not going to call them selfish, but, like, a lot of the quotes come off ironic with, are you focused on basketball while you're filming other things, A&Ring an album, getting ready for Space Jam, so... It's just crazy how, like, yes, you've earned the right to say whatever you want. You've earned the right to explore these other business adventures because, of course, you should. But telling your teammates not to do these things, yet you're doing these things, it's kind of strange. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't really followed a LeBron James season as much as I have this year, and the only reason why I'm doing that is because he's on my favorite team, and I don't know how this has gone in previous years, but this season has felt like five years, and it's just been... I can't wait for it to end. I want us to make the playoffs, but if our, fin our season does finish on April 9th, so be it. We have a ton of other things to enjoy this spring, Game of Thrones Season 8 comes out. Avengers Endgame comes out. Luckily, uh, Captain Marvel comes out this or this upcoming month that'll kind of distract us. And, yeah, I can't believe I'm welcoming the idea of Lakers basketball ending and watching other things because I did not think that was going to happen. I thought we would be playing in May. Turns out I don't think we play past, past April 9th. Um, March Madness is also approaching, which will kind of shift our focus from the Lakers to watching people we might either draft in the lottery or because if we do not make the playoffs, we're in the lottery, we at least have our pick. Um, the Pelicans actually might want that for AD, who knows? So let's just take a quick look at the rest of our schedule. So right now we are at the 60 game mark. We have 22 games left. We are three games back from the eighth seed. So let's go over just what we probably need to finish um, to make it. So I believe we were 45 and 37 in the Kobe years, right? In 2012, 2013, when we made the playoffs the last time. To get there, we have to go 16 and 6. We have to basically play our best basketball of the season for the next 22 games to even have a chance to make the playoffs. Not only do we have to go 16-6, and six, we have to hope teams ahead of us just suck. And 
we do have two games against the Clippers, right? So we can control our destiny that way to where we bridge the gap in that. But against the Kings, who knows? Against the Spurs, we can't finish with the same record as the Spurs. We have to finish a game above them. So that's going to be tough. And the Wolves, we'll see. So let's just go over some tough games that we have upcoming in. I didn't realize there was this many tough games left. Milwaukee twice. That's Giannis. That's the Greek freak. That's the MVP. The Nuggets. Second team in the West. Top 10, top 6, top 5 maybe MVP candidate in Jokic. We have the Celtics. That's Kyrie. Yes, we did beat them um, this month. But it also took a tremendous meltdown from the Celtics for us to do that. We had to come back from, I believe, 16. Uh, we also play the Raptors, who have Kawhi. We have to play the Thunder, who have Paul George and Russ. We get to play the Warriors again. We get to play the Blazers. We get to play Utah twice, and we get to play the Clippers twice. And then we have single games remaining against the Brooklyn Nets, who already beat us, the Kings, who have beaten us once, and the Detroit Pistons, who we beat. And I believe they are a playoff team as well. So that's 15 games right there that are either against teams that are above 500 or in the playoff race. Um, with the way we're playing right now, <laughs> I don't see it. That's asking a lot for a team that's been riddled with injuries, riddled with the um, tension in the locker room, riddled with just a ton of things that have gone. Everything that could have gone this wrong this season has gone wrong this season. It's LeBron's injury. It's Ingram's injury, it's Lonzo's injury, it's Rondo missing time and then falling off the face of the earth, it's JaVale missing time and also kind of not being the same player that he was to start the season. Uh, Kuzma missed a couple of games. So like, we've had an injury bug this season. We've also not gotten up to play the teams that are below us. And if you're going to be a playoff team, you have to beat the teams that are worse than you. And I believe we have way too many losses versus below 500 teams teams that are trying to lose to just even make this possible thankfully somehow we beat the rockets we've beaten the thunder we've beaten the warriors we've beaten the nuggets we've beaten the celtics so we have beaten some better teams that kind of kept us afloat that we needed to destroy the teams worse than us and we didn't do that we didn't take advantage yes there were injuries but we still needed to win those games with LeBron, without LeBron, with Lonzo, without Lonzo, this team needed to find a way to make the playoffs. And I just don't see us have, I don't see it happening. And it's shaky times. Um, like I said, there is a lot of blame from not only LeBron fans, but media members and also some Laker fans as well that put a lot of the blame on the young guys for losing. Yet, like they went 6-12 and 12 without LeBron, right? The Lakers have gone 4-9 or 4-10 if you include Houston without Lonzo. So basically, we just can't afford an injury to one of the key five players or else we're going to suck. We do not have the depth we thought we had. We do not have the players that Magic, Palinka talked up the free agent signings a lot this year. They talked about how... You can't beat Golden State with shooting. You're going to have to beat them with toughness, ball handlers, and nonsensical shit like that. And the players he did sign, Lance, trash. Uh, Rondo has been very trash. Thankfully, he did hit that game-winning shot versus Boston, or else 
the pitchforks would probably be out for him as well. KCP has been a letdown. Trading Zubak was a very dumb idea. Yes, Zubak is a free agent next year, but so is Muscala. So, like again, you could have just renounced his rights at the end of, at the end of the season. Instead, you just panicked. Um, the Beasley signing—he's not even on the team anymore. And then sticking with Luke. Um, a lot of us Laker fans have been vocal about Luke Walton. And it's not saying I told you so, but like when I see Luke Walton, I just don't see a great NBA coach. Is he average? Probably. Is he below average? Maybe. Is he above average? Maybe. I just don't see a good NBA coach for LeBron, for this environment. I don't see his... I just don't see his imprint being left on this team. And I remember a lot of us giving credit for Luke for the um, improvements on defense, but it looks like it might have just been Lonzo and some luck. So it is what it is, right? Like, And it's clear that our offensive system goes when LeBron's back because we are a lot better offensively when LeBron is there. So it's, when Braun went out, the offense went to shit. When Lonzo went out, the defense went to shit. What is Luke actually doing? What is Luke actually coaching? What is he holding together? Where are his fingerprints on this team? There's just a ton of blame to go around. And like I said, it, it is what it is at this point in the season. We're not beating, I don't think, even if we did make the playoffs, we're beating any team in a series. Um, and it seemed like LeBron was calling out the young guys the other day. And again, you've earned the right to speak, LeBron. But when you're going to call people out, call out the right people. Call out Luke. Call out the bench. Don't call out the three or four guys that seem to actually be trying, caring, and producing to help us make the playoffs. The bench has been atrocious. They scored seven points last night. Seven. Um... That is terrible. They had more turnovers than assists combined to the bench. They had more missed shots than points. Um, it was disgusting. And I always say, like, hey, put five of us random people in the game for that amount of time, and we, we probably could have done what our bench did last night. And that is saying something, because I know the talent and hard work that it goes into being a NBA player, but... When they constantly shit the bed like that after our starters keep us in the game, have a positive plus minus on the court, and we just continue to lose the bad teams, it's it's deflating. It really is just a gut-wrenching feeling when you see Ingram do all that he can the entire game. You see Ingram play one of his best games. One of his best games of his career. And yet, we still lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. It's it's insanity. Um, it's just strange. Like, I, I thought Rondo was better than this. I thought KCP was better than this. I thought Tyson Chandler was going to be a difference maker when he came from Phoenix. And he was the first 10 games. But now, it's proven that, hey... 
We were wrong. I defended the shit out of these signings. I defended... I defended these signings from... July 1st until probably as recently as... December, but... <laughs> Sorry, my nephew is crazy. But... Now it's time to realize... That our team, our veteran signings just haven't gone as planned. It's, we'll talk more about this um, later in the show, but again, when you re only rely on five players, and I didn't really think our team was this short on depth, you need all five healthy. You need all five available every night. You need all five not to have any lingering injuries, and you need all five to kind of come together as a team, not call each other out in the media, um, not try to trade for someone else. You just need perfect harmony within those five, and we haven't got it. That's why we're 29 and 31. When you also add into the fact the um, vets have been atrocious. Sorry about that. Had to get a drink of water. Uh, throat's drying up talking all this just depressing kind of shit, but... Again, we needed these five these five healthy the entire year. Um, Lonzo hit his ankle on a... It looked like a freak accident with... Uh, I don't remember who uh, got in front of him, but he rolled his ankle like that. I believe Ingram also rolled his ankle. LeBron hurt his groin on a kind of weird play as well, and Hart's been limited with that knee... Kuz also had some back issues, so all five of these guys have missed time. They've missed time at the same time, and also individually, so... It's strange. They also haven't played that many games together, so even if we do come back to full health, they'll still need to kind of develop some chemistry together, so it is what it is. With Lonzo Hurt, with Hart Limited, we're basically down to three functional playing players, and that's... That's not ideal for a team that needs to make an incredible playoff push to finish the rest of the season. And the rest of our teammates are just wild cards. Um, and that's obviously not how you want to be as a playoff team. Let's get, let's, let's get off the negative train for just a bit and let's kind of talk about the positives from the last 5-10 games. And we'll start with the last five. Here are some stats from the three guys that are playing extremely well offensively. Um, and that is Brandon Ingram, LeBron James, and Kyle Kuzma. They have carried the load um, very much so on offense. Um, Brandon Ingram is enjoying the probably best five-game stretch of his NBA career the past five games. It's a shame that we're one and four. It's a shame that the rest of the bench has been abysmal, but Brandon Ingram is averaging 25.2 points, 6.8 rebounds, 2.6 assists on 55% from the field, 54% from three, and 81% from the line. Obviously, he's not going to be able to keep that up, at least not the three-point shooting percentages up, but the rest he can do. Um, him hitting free throws is a huge sign. Him hitting just a couple of threes is a very big sign. And obviously being above 
20 plus points is a sign that we needed to see. We talked a lot about Ingram being a 20 point per game score. And um, when given the opportunity, when given the minutes, when given the responsibility, he comes through. Uh, LeBron is averaging 25.2 points, same as Ingram, 10.4 rebounds, and 10.8 assists on 46.5% from the field, 26.7% from three, and 70% from the free throw line. Um, like, hey, fantastic stats, but shooting-wise, not good. 26.7% from three, not ideal. LeBron being below 50% from the field is just almost unheard of for a five-game stretch. So, like, again, Russell Westbrook, triple-double stats, but the efficiency has left a lot to be desired from a top two, maybe top one basketball player of all time. But again, like, he's still doing very well on offense. That's not the problem on this team. That's not the problem with him. And we'll talk more about that later on in the show, but yes, he's been very good, um, at least statistically, on offense. And then you have Kyle Kuzma, who is also equally as atrocious on defense as LeBron, but again, he's playing very well offensively. Here are Kuzma's stats in the last five games. 22.8 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 3.2 assists on 53% from the field, 40.6 from three, and 76.5 from the free throw line. You combine Kuzma's and Ingram's shooting splits, very good. Very, 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 very good. You combine their um, offensive stats, very good. This is what you need to win games. It's just trash when the rest of the team decides to not play defense. Um, net rating-wise, during those five games, Ingram is even. Kuzma is negative 0.1, and Braun is negative 1.2. So for net ratings, they're not great, but they're not terrible. Um, it's a little striking that LeBron, out of those three, is the worst on the court. Um, and that it's not surprising, though, that Ingram is the best, because, again, this is Brandon Ingram's best stretch of NBA basketball. This is why us Laker fans think of him so highly and... Like, it's showing. He's stepping up to the task. He's doing more than just that. He's trying to lead as well. And I'll get more on this when I get to the Brandon Ingram segment of the show. There'll be two segments of the show. It'll be Brandon Ingram's dominance and Lonzo's importance. Um, and then you have Kuzma, who, again, not the greatest on defense, but he tries. Like, he's running around out there. He's trying. I can live with people being terrible on defense. I can't live with people not trying and hey Kuzma is trying he's out there sprinting to try to close out he's trying to help on defense it might be the wrong help but he's at least trying he's not just standing still which is what a lot of us Laker fans have a problem with LeBron on um, by now I assume we've all seen the clips from first take and um, undisputed where it's just LeBron standing there on defense for not even just 10 seconds, but like a minute. And that's just a little mind-boggling that one of the greatest all-time who says he's activated for the playoff push is just standing there. We expect more, LeBron. Your great offensive numbers aren't just enough. We need more. 
and I hope we can at least get that for the final 22 games. And if you are actually healthy, sit out. Don't worsen it. If you can worsen this injury that you're playing through, and they advise you to sit, sit. You're... It doesn't make... If, if you're that hurt, that it's affecting your play this much, sit out. But if you can play through it, play defense. That's all we're asking. Now let's get to the terrible net ratings on this team for the past five games. This isn't just like a one-game sample. This is a five-game sample. KCP, while on the court in the past five games, is a negative 19. Rondo as well is negative 19. Lance is minus 32. Muscala, in his limited action, has been minus 40. And Tyson Chandler has been minus 54 on the court in terms of net rating. Terrible. Just fucking terrible. KCP, Rondo, and Lance Stevenson make a combined $25 million this season. Yes, it's on an expiring. Yes, we wanted cap space for the summer of 2019, but we really fucked up. We gave three players that have been atrocious since Christmas a combined $25 million, instead of signing someone that could have helped. Um, we look elsewhere as to players we let go to sign... These cast of yahoos, Brooke Lopez, has helped the Milwaukee Bucks become a very good team. Randall, who has done more than hold his own in New Orleans and is not the reason why they are a terrible team right now, has held his own, has really good stats this season, um, is the reason why the Pelicans beat us, actually, and it's crazy. And then for whatever reason, we traded Zubox, so... Imagine not having KCP, Rondo, and Lance and signing a, another guard and another shooting guard as well as keeping Zubak, Randall, and um, Brook Lopez. Hell, if, you've, if you watch other games in the NBA like myself, Corey Brewers had a positive impact wherever he went, um, at least in my opinion when I watch him on the court. Um, it might not be pretty, and with Corey Brewer, it's never pretty. But he made an impact last night in the Kings' comeback attempt. Uh, he played well in that game against the Rockets when he frustrated James Harden. And I believe the Sixers won that as well. So it seems like you just look at a lot of other players that have left Los Angeles. Clarkson's playing well. Nance is playing well. D'Angelo Russell is an all-star. So it's just strange the players we sent away and the players we signed this year. Um... Not ideal. Not good. We fucked up. Uh, and recently, it's clear that we've needed a center, and we traded our best center away for Mike Muscala. <laughs> so good job. Like, out of all the timelines that this season had, this is the worst one. This is the one that would have brought the most doom and gloom, and it brought it, so we are left with what Magic and Palinka and Genie and Luke have done to this team, and it is what it is. We'll also continue to still watch the Lakers team. We'll continue to, to support the entire Los Angeles Lakers organization, but this has been a slap in the face. You promise all these stars that want to come play with LeBron, and you better hope you're right this summer. Because if we, if no one comes, and we really got rid of D'Angelo, 
Clarkson, Nance, Randall, and Zubak for nothing. It'll be pretty hard to defend the moves that have been made since Majinka has taken over, so. Yeah, it's a little bit depressing to talk about how they... Like, we understand the moves that they made, sort of, to get to this summer. But if you strike out in free agency, you lose all the good faith that us fans had. Um, you're going to get called out for a lot of the moves you did. You might even get fired, which I wouldn't mind if you guys mess up this bad. Um, with the public trade rumors as well that became very, very public, very open, could kind of been detrimental to our team, which has been shown. Um, Del Dims is a terrible basketball GM. He was fired, but we were made a fool by that guy. And yes, I know that we offered everything. Yes, we did exactly what we needed to do. But you can't keep that in private. You can't keep it from leaking. Like, what the hell, guys? Like, it's it's crazy. Now, I really just want to spend more time about Brandon Ingram, who has been a pleasure to watch even when we're losing games. Yes, there are no moral victories, but if you have watched Brandon Ingram play basketball this year, the gap between Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram should not be as big as people want it to be. Like, through... Since December 21st, that's 29 games, that's a stretch, that's not just a small sample size, it's a pretty nice size of games you want to sample from. Ingram's averaging 19.6 points, 5.7 rebounds, 3.6 assist, uh, assists on 50, 32, and 69 shooting. Yes, we want the three-point up, yes, we want the free throws up, but the free throws have gone up as of late. He's hitting him at an 81% rate through the last five games. Um... Yes, we want to see that three-point rise as well, but that's probably what he's going to work on this offseason. So let's just talk about what he is right now. Right now, he's what we expected, basically. Like We built Brandon, Brandon Ingram up to be this guy that can be a top player in the league for his age, and like he is, and it's not surprising. We've seen the talent. We've seen the skill. We've seen him put it all together before. We've seen these impressive second half runs to finish the season that he's gone on before. He doesn't really hit a wall. He just continues to go. He doesn't let the rumors outside of basketball affect his play. Like this guy is probably like, I know LeBron and Rondo are the leaders, but like he has the right head on his shoulders. He doesn't care about stats and losses. He handles the game very well. He always says the right thing. He doesn't single out his teammates. He puts the blame on himself. He doesn't care that he had one of the best games of his career. He just realized we lost, so he doesn't want to talk about his stats. Like This is what you want to see. You don't want to see a guy congratulate himself about a milestone when we were embarrassed by the Grizzlies. So, and I know... If LeBron fans hear this, they're not going to like that comment, but, like, what are you doing? This is the second time he's posted a milestone after a loss, and it's just strange. Because Laker fans are used to come hell or high water kind of comments from Kobe, where he doesn't really care about what he hit, the milestones that he hit. It was in, let's get this team to the playoff mode every single time. 
let's handle things internally. Yes, I might call you out to your face, but I'm not going to go to the media about it. After, yes, two th summer of 2007, Kobe was a wild boy because he was trying to get out. But after that, like, he really didn't do anything that negative in the media to single out his teammates. He, yes, in practice, called him trash, yada, yada, yada. But it, it was more a face-to-face -face interaction instead of passive-aggressive shit in the media. And we're just not used to this type of stuff. So maybe this is normal elsewhere. But we're just used to people handling it together, just not in the media. And once it gets in the media, that's all you hear about 24-7 on news cycles. Instead of hearing about it months later after something happens that you hear, Kobe publicly told Smush this, Kobe publicly told Kwame her Andrew Bynum this, yada, 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 yada. So again, Ingram tries hard. Like, there was a, there was a moment last night where it was just a small moment where the Grizzlies were still able to get a decent look open, which they eventually missed, but Ingram sprinted to get back in transition. And if he didn't, that's an automatic two. But Ingram's length, Ingram's speed, Ingram's just effort prevented two points. And two points could go a very long way in deciding the factor of a basketball game. And it's just nice to see that effort from somebody. It's nice to see someone care instead of just sit around and walk on defense or not get back in transition or complain to the refs. Ingram just goes out there, balls out, plays hard, plays for his team. And it's just very cool to see. He's 21. So I can imagine him being a Laker for a long time. But who knows? Magic probably trades him because that's just how things have gone. That's how things are happening. And it's just the worst that can happen happens. So... Yeah, it's crazy how pessimistic a lot of us have become, but things have started to click for Brendan Ingram at 21. Things started to click for Julius Randle last year. Things finally came together in his fourth year, and we didn't re-sign him. Uh, D'Angelo, things never really clicked like they are right now for Ingram in Los Angeles, but they have definitely clicked for him in Brooklyn, and the Nets probably re-sign him. Right now, everything's clicking for Ingram. He's hopping into threes. His shot looks better. Uh, his defensive effort is always huge, is always impactful in the game. When he's when he is paired with Lonzo, they are one of the best defensive backcourts in the league. Um, his finishing around the rim is better. He's taking less contested jumpers, but when they are being taken, he's hitting them a lot more. He's also kind of developed this very nice fadeaway that he's tried, and it's he's hitting at I believe a seventy percent clip in the past twenty five games. Um, I believe Alex Regla has that on Twitter, so go ahead and make sure you follow him for somewhat stats. And I'm just going to do a quick shout-out to all the Laker um, fan bases out there that provide Laker stats. Uh, Unique Sports, follow them on Twitter. Um, Unwritten, make sure you follow him on Twitter, Laker Film Room. Um, and I know I'm probably missing a couple, but they have a lot of good Laker content that always gets pushed out, and it's positive conversation positive dialogue with everyone so it's just cool to see and what they also do is they prevent they present stats and they also have like film they also have video about it so you can kind of see what they say while you read what they say or what they type so it's just dope um and again 
Ingram is hitting a lot more from the free throw line. And also make sure you follow Hoops and Brews. Um, Pavi and TPJ have been hilarious. Uh, they understand the amount of stress I am in watching the Lakers play. It's not a positive environment when the Lakers lose. Just because they can be this team, but they're just, they're not. So it is what it is. Um, it'd be like that sometimes. And yeah, I really want Brandon Ingram to stick around. A lot of folks wanted to call him Travis Outlaw. He's not Travis Outlaw. Um, earlier in the season, I just wanted to bring this up. There were a lot of people that said, hey, Brandon Ingram doesn't score enough. And hey, maybe he didn't at the time. Uh, they just said, hey, he's in his third year. He's not scoring over whatever enough. But neither is Jason Tatum, who's in his second year. Neither is Jalen Brown, who's in his third year. Um, so it's, just, it's weird that they have these benchmarks that the Laker players must clear, but other players don't have to. And then they say, well, Jason Tatum doesn't get the amount of um, touches, field goal attempts, whatever, minutes, as much as Ingram. But when you look at it, they're very close. And yet, Brandon Ingram leads him in almost every single category. Um, so I just want to do like a quick couple of just highlights for like amount of points Brandon Ingram has done. Uh, 32 last night, 29 versus the Pelicans, 27 versus the Rockets. Back-to-back uh, 19-point -back games versus the Hawks and the Sixers. Uh, 20 against the Warriors, 19 versus the Clippers. 36 versus the Sixers, when he almost brought us back in that game. Uh, 22 versus the Suns, 20 versus the Timberwolves, 21 versus the Rockets. 22 versus the Cavs, 29 versus the Mavericks. So, like, the scoring is there. Like, I just, I don't get it, you know? Um, also, one of the better things in the past five games Ingram is doing is using his length for rebounding, which is what we need. He had a 13-point rebound night the other night. He had six last night, five before that, six before the 13. So, like, it's getting there. Uh, we need to limit the turnovers, though, because we just need to limit, limit turnovers in general if we want to win. But, like... Brandon Ingram is not the reason why we're losing. He's doing everything we asked from a fan base to have from a young player to show his talents, and he needs to be around. And, like, if they trade him, he's going to flourish elsewhere. He's going to flourish anywhere with the correct coach and the correct people around him. I want that to be Los Angeles. I want him, Alonzo, to be the backcourt for years to come. I think also Kuzma and Ingram balance each other out in a ton of ways. And I do think that the young core has a great chemistry with each other, but we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens. We'll see how this summer plays out. And, yeah. Let's get to the importance of... Actually, I just want to talk a little bit more about Brandon Ingram. I think he can become a perennial all-star. Not just one, not just two. I think he can make five to eight all-star games. Um... I think he can make some All-NBA second, third, maybe even a first team in the future. His talent is there. He has been our best player probably since December whatever. Yes, LeBron's been out. It's almost like I'm accumulating things. Yes, LeBron is probably still the best player on our team in the past whenever he returned, but 
in general, Brandon Ingram has been the guy. And it's just cool that LeBron came back. And it's cool that he and LeBron can play well together. Um, that's what a lot of the people didn't know that could happen. We thought it could happen, and we are correct. Brandon Ingram can't put up numbers, can produce next to LeBron. So that's nice to see. Um, I hate silver linings in basketball. I hate silver linings almost any time. But can you guys finally see the importance of Lonzo Ball? Like... Are we still ignoring that? Like, what's going on? Um, we have, what, 14 games without Lonzo. I'm going to include the Houston Rocket game because he did exit the game after being up 15. So we are 4-10 without him. That is a worse record without Lonzo than we had with without LeBron, which was like, I believe Lonzo's win percentage without Lonzo this year is like 28, and without LeBron is like 33. So... It's crazy. Like, it's it's crazy how important he is to this team, and it's crazy how a lot of people don't see it. It's insane that people use his free throw percentage to kind of dictate the importance on this team, which it makes zero sense. He shoots, like, one free throw a game. Who fucking cares? Like, it's really weird. He plays great defense. He's a top rebounding guard. When the ball is in his hands, he can playmake. He can assist. In transition, he will find you. He will get back in transition defense. He will guard a really good um, perimeter player. So it's just strange. He can switch. He can defend bigs in the post for a time, which, Lon with, which Rondo can't. So it's really weird, the metrics that people use to downplay the importance of Lonzo when, let's just look at the actual facts. Hey, we're 4-10 and 10 without him. With Lonzo Ball, we were a top 7 defensive team. Without him... We are, like, last. Um, steals are down as a team. Deflections are down as a team. Points off screens are down as a team. A shocking thing. Lonzo is a good screener. Uh, he was able to screen for LeBron a lot, and that resulted in obvious points. Um, when, Lon when LeBron was out, Lonzo was averaging 12.5, 6 rebounds, and 7.2 assists with 1.4 steals on 42% from the field and 37% from three. Not where it needs to be for the field goal, but 37% from three is very nice for what he was last year. You saw a lot of the talent. You saw the Rockets first half. You saw the Thunder game. Um, you saw his potential earlier in the season versus the Nuggets. Like You see it, and he was finally putting it all together, and then he got hurt. And the best availability, or the best ability is availability, so... Lonzo's going to need to get stronger um, in the ankle area, in the knee area. He's going to have to go through some strength training programs this summer. Uh, I basically think he's going to have to kind of... Do you remember how Steph Curry was... His ankles were always hurt when he was younger. He's going to have to like figure something out to where he can play through that. Um... Maybe the shoes, maybe some like brace that he wears. So we're going to have to figure something out for him to be available all the time. Because when he's healthy, we are a much better team. And people are finally seeing that. Look at his net rating. Look at his on-off the court. It's there. Like, the things you want to see are there. Our record with him is there. His stats are there. Yes, he's a terrible free throw shooter. But if he shoots one a game, who the fuck cares? You're missing one. In playoff time, yes. They might foul you, so we need you to build that up. 
but hopefully the people that say Rajon Rondo should start over Lonzo Ball never speak that idiotic statement again. Rondo is not who we thought he was. And Lonzo is a much better basketball player. And if you don't see that, let's just stop talking basketball with each other. Let's just agree to disagree and just go our separate ways. Because I have no patience in dealing with people just being idiots just because they hate LeVar. Like, why? Like, we are losing at a staggering rate without Lonzo. And it's not even just we're losing. It's how we're losing. Our deficit during these games is outstanding. It's like we basically became the Phoenix Suns without Lonzo Ball, which is funny because the ball camp wanted Lonzo in Phoenix, but we've been atrocious, and it's just no sugarcoating that. Like, I thought we wouldn't be this bad without Lonzo. But here we are, and, like, I'm a huge Lonzo supporter, and LeBron is probably the most important player on our team. Um... And then it's probably like a three-way tie for second with Ingram, Kuz, and Lonzo. Like, each give us something that we need, and without them, we collapse. And ta-da, we've collapsed. Um, also, I have no clue on whether Lo Lonzo returns this year. Um, our training staff is always terrible with timelines. Um, also, the grade 3 sprain for the ankle is normally like a 6 to 8 to 11 week recovery, not 4 to 6. So I always thought that the 4 to 6 weeks was like if everything in the universe aligned. Maybe he'd be back by week 5, but that's just not going to happen. It's already 5 weeks, and he hasn't resumed any on-court activity. There's only 22 games left in the season, and then there's the bridges that do seem to be burned from Luke and Lonzo. We've heard... Lavar speak. We've seen Luke choose to keep Rondo um, in the game over Lonzo. We've seen Luke prefer to play Rondo at times, so it's strange. Um, it really is cool, though. Like You see Lonzo's importance, which we've wanted to happen this season. You see Ingram become the player he wants to become, which happened this season. Yet, the season has still been a disaster. So it's really strange that like, we got two of the things that we wanted to see, and then the rest of the season has just been terrible. We are 29-31. and 31. And hell, even Kuzma's three-pointer came back. Kuzma has been scoring very well recently. Kuzma has been a bright spot this season. Yes, he's been not the greatest defensively. He couldn't stop Randall, but why was he guarding Randall like that in the first place? He's not big enough. He's not strong enough to guard Randall. LeBron is. Why was LeBron not on Randall the entire time? I don't know. Like, I have zero idea why things happen the way they happen, and I just really do not like Luke as a coach. Luke as a player, two-time champion with the Lakers. He was a bright spot on the 06-07 teams before he got back problems, so... Like, I don't want to slander Luke, but, like, some of these things, like, come on, man. Like, it's not that hard. Why are you sitting Ingram out in the first quarter... After he just put nine up, nine minutes or nine points up in seven minutes, why would you take him out then? Like, feel the game better, adjust to the game better. It's not rocket science. Also, in the fourth quarter, when things went terrible at the start of the fourth quarter, you took a timeout. Guess what didn't happen? You didn't put Ingram back in. Why in the fuck not? Like, it just didn't make sense. I believe he sat from the three thirty to the eight thirty mark. That's eight minutes. 
and playoff time in just this atmosphere. Ingram understands he's going to have to play more minutes. He's 21. He can handle this pressure. Yet you sit him for eight minutes in a thing that in a in a stretch where the game was likely decided. So I just I don't get it, man. And yes, shortened ro- or injuries on the roster, a team that was constructed poorly. Yes, I get it. But it took you forever to start Randall. Your coaching rotation patterns were atrocious last year, so it's not nothing new. It's things you did not improve on, and we judge our young core by their improvement, so we're going to judge our coach by that as well. What have you improved? The offense went to shit when LeBron went out. The defense went to shit with Lonzo out. You control nothing. It's individual players controlling that. So what are you doing? And that's what we need to talk about more. Like I, I don't know. Should the Lakers have fallen off that much defensively without Lonzo? No. Should the offense have fallen off that much without LeBron? No. Yet, it happened. That happened under your watch, Luke, so you've got to handle that better. Um, I don't think Lonzo's going to come back and rush back from injury to save you. You've made your bed. You're going to lie in it. So, we'll leave it off on that. Um, this has been Daniel Belts. Follow me on at Zotem Podcast on Twitter, on SoundCloud, make sure you follow Hoops and Brews on Apple Podcasts. Follow Hoops and Brews. That's where you're going to hear the majority of these episodes from. Pretty soon you're going to start seeing my face. I bought a the wrong cord at Best Buy. I'm going to go back and get the right cord today. So pretty soon you'll be seeing my face as well. So yeah, and you'll get more. you actually get some videos of me talking like your basketball instead of just hearing it on uh, your phone or your laptop or wherever you hear it from. So again... Until the next time we speak, let's hope the Lakers win some games, but I'm not gonna, like, I don't expect it to happen. So, until the next time we speak, go Lakers. Damn.